Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on. Lots to get to. Quite the story out of, out of Alabama. Just, this is the kind of story that I've been actually pushing for people to do the same thing that, that is happening in Alabama. And, and I'll explain further in a second when Kerry has that story for you. We've got a lot going on this hour. It's going to be Paul Manafort at the bottom. He's the former campaign manager for Donald Trump. He also got in big trouble with the law. If you look up Paul Manafort on Wikipedia, it says um, criminal fraudster. I mean... You know what I mean? You can't get a true story unless you get it from the guy. So we'll have him on, and we talked for a good long time. And when I got done with it, I felt like we should probably do another another uh, interview with him because there's so much more we didn't get to. So we're probably going to have him on again in another two or three weeks just to really get some insight into, into everything going on in the life of Paul Manafort since Trump was running for election back in 2015, 2016. So we've got all that for you and a whole lot more on a Wednesday. Let's go. Uh huh. That's Carrie Lucky. How you doing, Carrie? I'm doing all right. Yes, you are. Hello, making it happen as par usual. Sam in the hizzy. Break it down, Sam. Go ahead. Oh, oh no! Yes. <laughs> Pretty good. You guys have for dead. Just gonna put it up. Um, yeah, good to have you here. We are breaking it down in a hump day. This is Hump to Bump by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Invariably, once a week, I get somebody say, "What was that song?" Let's go. That's how we do. All right, uh, glad to have you here. Uh, always when I see these dumb, woke stories, like there was some story today where educational facilities, whether they be high school, middle school, could be college, if the professor or the teacher wants to get tenure, they've got to ascribe to DEI, which is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And that's just basically uh, a woke ideology that pushes socialism on us in our society. They're forcing so-called educators to adopt that. And I've always said, if somebody is doing something that just doesn't work for you, for your value system, like I love the NFL, uh, Miami Dolphins are my team. I don't know any of the players on the Miami Dolphins right now. Don't care to know. I haven't watched the team since 2016. 2016, I believe, is when Colin Kaepernick started kneeling on the, on the, on the field, on the sidelines. No good reason to. He was holding up on high Fidel Castro, Che Guevara, really bad people in our history. Had cops depicted as pigs on his socks. I don't watch the NFL, and I miss it. I love the NFL. And then I saw some players kneeling for Major League Baseball games. That's it. I'm done with Major League Baseball. And then we had, you know, woke coaches speaking out on political issues that they clearly either didn't know anything about or were making up. So I stopped watching the NBA, and I used to be in really good with the NBA. I made those decisions. I made the decision, and it's my hope that my making that decision will at least hold my value systems true to how I feel and also may hurt them in the ratings. And if it hurts them enough in the ratings, I hope that my decision 
because in capitalism, you your money talks. With my decision, they'll say, you know, we probably should stop this kneeling and flopping around on the ground, and maybe the coaches should talk about basketball and not about political issues, because we really can't afford to lose all this money and all this viewership, because these are billion-dollar contracts that broadcast networks are signing. There was, for a time, I don't know if they're still doing it, but they the NFL had to give some advertising dollars back because they did not hit the numbers that they wanted or that they promised they would hit. If you buy this package of advertising, you'll have this percentage of the audience available. And it turns out they were nowhere near that, so they had to give some money back. So I miss all those things, but I'm taking a stand. I'm not asking you to boycott them. I decided personally not to watch them anymore, and I won't. And I've got a lot of people that are writing me, come on, watch the NFL. What's the matter with you? You've got to watch the Yankees. Come on, you've got you to watch the, the Spurs. Well, I'm not going to do that unless it, it, it makes me feel like I'm accepted as a fan. Because I'm not accepted when the, when the coach goes off on Trump and makes things up. I'm not accepted when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee and lies that it's because of police brutality. It's not. Um, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not accepted. I'm not welcomed when the baseball players do the same thing. It's just that simple. So I'll go back when I feel welcomed. And if you're smart and you're offering a product, you'll make it open and accessible and inviting to everybody. And again, he may have changed his mind since then, because some have told me that he has. But back in the day, when Jordans were first coming out from Nike, Michael Jordan says, Republic, he said this, Republicans buy sneakers too. And he was right. Everybody wanted a pair of those shoes that they thought made Mike so good. Of course, they didn't. It was him and his talent. But that was a good, a good shoe salesman, a good product salesman. So I've always said, take a stand, put your foot down. And Kerry's got a story where an entire freaking state did so. I love this. Go ahead. From the New York Post, a transgender woman was rejected by all University of Alabama sororities during their student recruitment cross process. According to social media posts from the student, Grant Sykes wrote on Instagram that she was denied entry to all of the sororities on campus. There are nearly 20 campus chapters. Unfortunately, this chapter is closed. The recruitment journey is over for me, Sykes wrote. And being dropped from my last house this morning during primary recruitment at the University of Alabama doesn't come as a surprise, considering out of the almost 20 chapters, I was dropped by every single one except two before day one. I'm hopeful of a future where everyone is welcome for just being themselves everywhere, Sykes continued. If you're going through a hard time today, remember that life is too short to ponder on the things lost. Choose happiness and always look for the positive things throughout life. Move on. See the good. See the bad. Hope for the best. Brave the worst. And in a TikTok, Sykes said, I'm sad because I wanted to be part of a sisterhood and more than that, a community. Sykes had generated millions of views on TikTok during Alabama Rush Week by documenting the recruitment journey. Sykes is not the first transgender student to be rejected from Greek life. Adam Davies was rejected from all 12 sororities at Northwestern University back in 2017. <sighs> Good on you, sororities. Uh, Grant Sykes hadn't even, I mean, he didn't even put in the work in, Carrie. You're not even putting the work in if you're not going to change your name from Grant. You know what I mean? Well, mm, yeah. I know you had an opinion, but you, you squelched yourself. I did. <laughs> so this guy wants to be in sororities, and it's just a guy with some makeup on. His name is still Grant, and wonders why he was turned away. And of course, the woke crowd out there is all like, oh, we got your back, Grant. We love you, sister. Um, it doesn't make sense. I'm going to, when we come back from break, I'm going to show... Grant Sykes. Uh, there's a video on the New York Post story, and I will show that. Uh, go to JoePags.com, click on Watch Now, and after the break, I will show. So 
But the question is, and it's a very simple question, isn't this the right thing to do? If we as a society, or even as you as an individual, are not for something, shouldn't you take a stand? I'm going to give you an example. I walked into one of my, I think it was Gabby's elementary school room. I forget what grade it was. And on the wall was pinned this little piece of paper that said, this home is an Obama home or is for Obama. Now, on the wall was a picture of President Obama. He was the president at the time. So I'm okay with that. I get it. When the president was Trump, if you, in the classroom should all have pictures of the current president, if you're going to have a president. So this person having Obama on the wall was not as bothersome because if you walked into the VA, Obama's face was there. You walked in when Trump was the president, his face was there. So I get that. But then when you take it to the level of almost proselytizing for a candidate and you have a picture of this is a, how supports President Obama, that's a different thing. And then the principal of that school, who was a radical lefty, who I liked, liked the guy until I found out his politics, and then he got radical on it, um, he had Obama for president on his car that was parked in the public school parking lot. Uh, and it was a sign that was like in this back window. I'm like, no, you can't have that. You can't advertise. I don't care if it said Trump. I don't care if it said Bush. doesn't matter. When it becomes political, raise your voice. Because I raised my voice, changes were made. So my kid stayed there. Uh, the, I, I believe the principal had this window in his back window, or this uh, sign in his back window. He would take it down when he got to school, which is the right thing to do. And then the teacher, I believe, also had to remove the, this, is, this house supports President Obama. Because that's the right thing to do. Now you've got teachers putting up pride flags and, and uh, uh, BLM flags and Antifa flags. And if you say something, that's the First Amendment, right? Screw you. Uh-uh, you're pushing politics. That's got to go. Now, either you remove it and I'll leave my kid there in the school that I'm paying for, or we will put the kid in a public school or in a, in a private school or we'll homeschool. And we're, we're seriously looking at that for one of our children now. So we're, we have choices in life. Man, I really hate that McDonald's does this, this, and this, but then you still go and eat at McDonald's. It doesn't make sense to me. And by the way, I eat at McDonald's all the time. I, I don't get the bread, though. I just eat the meat. Um, if you've got an issue, yet you're still partaking, it doesn't make sense. Like, I'll go out of my way to avoid a brand that I know went completely woke. Why would I possibly want to support you with my money when I don't agree with what you're doing? And I think it's kind of simple. And with this, the sorority said no. And they have the right to say no. Now, in a woke world, and we live in a woke world, they're going to get a lot of pressure. And there probably will be follow-ups to this story. But I like their backbone. I like that they all said no. Because Grant is a guy. And sororities are for girls. It's, it's no more complicated than that. When we come back, I'll show you what Grant looks like. There's a video. I'll play the video. I'm not going to play the audio of it. But just show you the video. There are a few pictures of this guy. Who's, who's just wearing some makeup and, I guess, did his eyebrows. I'm not sure. Um, but th- this is a man trying to go in with the women, and sorry, that doesn't work. We found out in Loudoun County, Virginia, that when a, a 15-year-old boy said he was trans and he was really a girl, he raped a girl in the locker room. So I'm not taking that kind of chance, and sororities should not be taking that kind of chance either. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Coming right back. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show.
Hi, great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. Paul Manafort in about 11, 12 minutes from now, former campaign manager for Donald Trump, he wrote a book where he actually finally speaks his mind and says, here's what happened to me. Here's why it happened to me. I asked him very specifically, if, you, if you'd never been the campaign manager for Trump, would, would you have been facing any of this? His answer is, is pretty interesting. Um, we get into all of it. And, and there's a lot that we didn't get into, so I'm going to have to have him on, and it's a good long interview. Make sure you stick around for that at the bottom of the hour. Paul Manafort, um, 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com, if you want to opine about poor Grant can't get into a sorority. Meantime, i got to tell you about the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier. It uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and more. Everybody is is emailing me about well, maybe, maybe that's an over-exaggeration, but a lot of people emailing me about this. They want to know, how do you get some of these things? I need this in my house. This is going to leave a fresh, clean scent as if a thunderstorm just passed through, and you want that. You've got certain areas of the house, you're like, oh, you know, could use a little freshening up here. Boom, there it is. And it takes care of so much from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, a lot more. They are no match. No filters to buy either. Over 265,000 of these have been sold. You know that they work or else they wouldn't be selling like this. You can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the entire home. Get three units for under 200 bucks, a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers. That can go for over 600 bucks. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room kitchen anywhere you need clean fresh air with this deal you're to get three units for under two hundred dollars go to edenpuredeals.com put in discount code pags three save two hundred dollars edenpuredeals.com discount code p-a-g-s the number three shipping is free as well all right i promise i, I would show you grant if you're watching on the stream you're going to see what grant looks like uh grant is saying that he's a woman and uh, i don't i don't maybe i'm missing something here looks like a guy that put on some lipstick and did his did his eyebrows hadn't even changed listen Grant hasn't even changed his name. I mean, normally it'd be somebody changing to at least a, a feminine name, no? There's Grant. And uh, short hair, frosted brown, I guess, is the hair. Lots of makeup. Um, I mean, live how you want. He's going on about how he wanted to be part of the sisterhood, but, but he can't be part of the community or something. His name is Grant. And he's a guy. And I'm not afraid to say that. Um, it all, and Karen, I'm not going to ask your opinion because I, I know that you don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You, you don't give your opinion. You're a news anchor. I get it. But um, it's as if this person did this for publicity because he didn't try mm-hmm. very hard is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I just I mean, don't. I, it looks like a dude. Okay. Still called Grant. Um, I mean. If he just took the makeup off and combed his hair, he could go and, and hang out with the guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah probably. And again, I'm not going. I'm not going to push you on it. I just uh, I don't. It's like the attempt wasn't even made. Like Leah Thomas grows the hair out and pretends, but Grant's like, all right, put on some makeup. Let me do a TikTok. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And I'm not. I'm not know. making fun of people who are confused. Well, I mean, you've seen the picture. Are you saying that you think this looks like a girl? I don't know. Maybe it does. Um, I mean, not. I mean, not really. Um, he is wearing, you know, quite a lot of makeup. Um, I mean, I would look like a better girl than that. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. Just, I don't know. <laughs> so again, for those who are just joining us who wanted to take a look at Grant, here you go. This is Grant, who says he's a girl and wanted to be in sororities, and all the sororities in Alabama have turned him down. And I'm glad. Because like I said earlier, 
the way that you stand up to the woke stuff, to this DEI crap or ESG garbage, you stand up to and you say, well, no, you're, you're a guy. You can't be in the sorority. Or you say, no, um, you took a knee. I'm not going to give you money for, for a Colin Kaepernick jersey. Or I'm not going to watch television and give you the ratings that it's going to cost you more for advertising. So I think that you stand up to it. And again, look, if this guy's over 18, he's 18 or older, I'm sure he is, he's in college, then I'm perfectly fine with uh, Grant living as a, as a girl. He could say he's a girl, he could live as a girl, uh, say, I am woman, hear me roar. It doesn't mean that you have to be accepted into sororities. You don't get special privileges because you made this decision. And that's the point I've been trying to make for a long time. I wonder what you think about that. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. I, I want to he- hear from you. Now, I'll get somebody to write me that I'm disgusting, that I don't understand, that who am I? I don't know. I don't understand the trans thing. I mean, I, I hear you. I believe there are people who suffer from gender dysphoria. This is a mental condition that makes them believe that they are living in the wrong body that they're literally the opposite gender. Some of them go to extremes, a lot of surgery, to change things to be as much like that perception they have as they possibly can. I think some others are just making it up. Now, I don't know if Grant's making it up or not, but I, the guy's not trying very hard. His name is Grant, and he threw some makeup on for a TikTok. I, I'm, just, I'm just, I don't know. And at one point, he's wearing some short dress to show off his manly legs. I don't get it. Carrie, I just feel like it's a goof. You think he's just doing it for publicity? I mean, he's I getting, like a, I mean, we're talking, I think, millions of views, I think, on, on TikTok. Millions. this guy. Or from Absolutely. Grant. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Got a lot of people in the chat room. People want to see Grant. What, let's show him. There you go. There he is. I am woman, hear me roar. The sorority said, you can hit the door. That <laughs> <laughs> could be your next parody. It could be. I'm writing it as we, as we speak. So there's Grant. God love him. Uh, and again, you know, I'm not making fun of mental illness. I, look, gender dysphoria is a mental illness. I wish that we were smart enough to say, let's, let's, let's get some mental help. Let's find out where we are with this. And if you insist on living like the opposite gender, you're an adult, you can do so. Um, but I think a lot of people are saying it because, as Kerry said, he's getting millions of views. That could be why. Uh, let me, uh, very, very quick, Brian, let's go. Yeah, Joe, this is uh, Brian Carter, a first-time caller, long-time listener. Fast, brother, got to go. I actually had a comment, and I'll let you comment on it, and I'll hang up after okay. I make the comment. Okay. But uh, that transgender statement that everybody's pushing on everybody, I'm like you, Joe. I'm I'm free to do whatever I want, just like they are, as long as you don't push your views and your values off on me that I don't believe in. But uh, there was a woman, a 63-year-old woman on the news uh, about a week or so ago. I don't have the time, brother. They got brother. kicked out of a local YMCA. Yeah, I got you, Brian. Call back uh, next time. I'm sorry. I took you. I thought you could make a fast 15, 20-second comment. I've got Paul Manafort coming up, and I want you to call back again. I, I love that you listen. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Just a pleasure to have this guy on. We haven't met before today, but he's the former campaign manager of Donald Trump back in 2016 for a time. And it's Paul Manafort. Paul, first of all, nice to meet you. How are you? 
I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I really I appreciate having you on. I remember when you were added to the campaign, and, and I, I didn't know of you. Um, I, I hadn't paid that much attention to the stuff that you'd done before, but I remember saying he's distinguished, he's in charge. It appears as though this guy is going to be the right fit for Trump. And uh, all hell broke loose later, but I want to talk about that moment because I think right then, I think you scared the bejesus out of the left. I think they were like, oh, crap, Manafort's with, with Trump now. We're in trouble. Is that what you felt as well? Well, I didn't feel that, but I've heard that from uh, subsequent, uh, subsequently that uh, the DNC panicked when, uh, when Trump brought me on, and a DNC operative, uh, a woman named Chaluba, who'd been tr- worked for Soros and was trying to get, uh, get the DNC to get active on me, had been saying that I would get involved with Trump even before I knew I would be involved with Trump. And, uh, and so when that happened, I'm told that the DNC cranked up their their dirty tricks operation. They started sending people over to uh, to Ukraine. Uh, Soros was financing it. <clears throat> and some of the dirt that was later used by uh, GPS Fusion on me, uh, which was was false, was got its genesis in the aftermath of me being appointed by with this Chuluba woman. I, I want to I want people to go and get the book. It's called uh, "Political Prisoner: Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced." I'm glad that you're not silenced. It's Paul Manafort. Um, interestingly, and I, I think I know the answer to this, but why not ask it? Had you not joined the Trump campaign, does any of this happen to you? No, no, no. They, and, they, and it wasn't all about me. It was about Trump. I yeah. mean, they they. I was a means to their end, especially as far as Weissman was concerned. Uh, and for some reason, they thought that uh, that I would give up Donald Trump. Why? I have no idea. One, I, I'd have to lie to do that, and uh, which I would never do. Uh, and and two, there was no basis for them to think it. So they wanted you to give up Donald Trump. They wanted Corsi to give up Donald Trump. They wanted Stone and Giuliani to give up Donald Trump. That was the game from the beginning. Who can we squeeze hardest? And and startlingly, none of you guys did. I mean, Michael Cohen did, but so what? Um, at the end of the day, they didn't have the goods. And and did anybody give you a wink and a nod? Hey, Paul, you play along. You're going to be okay here. Oh, it was more than a wink and a nod. I mean, you know, when they first brought the charges against me, uh, the fair charges against me, there was all kind of indirect communications going back and forth uh, that there were going to be more charges filed unless Manafort cooperates and unless Manafort does this, that, whatever. And they said that both both about me and my aide, who ended up, because he did have legal uh, problems, uh, get, uh, cutting a deal and then becoming their liar. It is uh, Paul Manafort. Get this book. It's called Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, but Not Silenced. You mentioned FARA. That's the Foreign Agents Registration Act. And from what I understand, most people didn't take it very seriously. Um, it's certainly something that you can file as you go, but there are tons of really good people that are serving in a capacity where they make money, they get a salary from helping to lobby for people who are not from this country. That's basically what it is, right, Paul? Yeah, it's a it's a filing disclosure requirement. It's it's nothing sinister about the work or uh, I mean, nothing at all. And and it's but it's an opaque law. It's it's been around since 1933. And because it's uh, it's unclear on a number of things, they never bring criminal charges against anybody. There are actions taken, civil, uh, things get worked out uh, and move on. And in fact, before the special counsel was appointed, and I go through this in my book, I had, uh, Fair had raised with me concerns that maybe I should have filed. Not that I had to, but I should have. And I just had discussions with their offices and made an agreement with them and filed. And, uh, and then the special counsel got appointed 
And Weissman called the director of the office up and said, uh, what's the situation with this Manafort uh, uh, fair issue? He said, oh, no, there's not an issue anymore. It's been resolved. He said, no, it hasn't. I'm taking it over. I'm throwing out whatever you did. Wow. And he took it over. And now what, what I resolved didn't even require, there was no penalties, no payments of, uh, of any kind, uh, not even a slap on my wrist, just I had to file a document. Weissman turned it into a criminal prosecution. Just to let you know, because you can see what I see, um, the Skype is very choppy, but the audio is perfect, so don't worry about the picture freezing here and there. It's going to be just fine uh, on the 170 radio stations and all the listeners and those watching still get to see you. Um, it's Paul Manafort, of course, former campaign manager for Donald Trump for a few months until all hell broke loose. Uh, his book is called Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced. I urge you to go to Amazon or anywhere that you get great books and, and get this book today because the man speaking out, if you go online and Google this man's name, it's nothing but negative. It's nothing. He was a fraudster. He was a this. He was a that. Convicted on 18 different things. Only got out because of COVID. When the bottom line is we never got to hear your side, Paul. And that's what bothers me about this entire thing. Because everything that you read about you, just like everything you read about Stone, says that you did something wrong when it came to Russia finding out classified or or intricate details about the Trump campaign or somehow colluding to help Trump when we know all of that was fake. We know all that all of that was false. In fact, the Department of Justice, I believe, should stand on the highest mountain with a megaphone and apologize to people like you. So why isn't that happening? Why do we still pretend that something we know didn't happen happened? Well, the, the thing is, the people who are pretending know the truth. I mean, the nice thing about the Durham investigation occurring before I finished my book is some of the findings in his book I was able to use. And the first finding that was relevant was that in early July of 2016, Clinton told her, his campaign manager to go out and start the, the fake narrative of Russian collusion with Trump. Yes. And he did that. Now, and Mook said that under oath. We also know from, from, the, from the Durham investigation that John Brennan, from his own personal notes, briefed Obama two or three days later of what Clinton was going to do. Yet two weeks later in July, the end of July, Peter Strzok and the FBI started crossfire hurricane. The White House knew it was fake. Uh, the, 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 the FBI knew it was fake and they still went out and did it. And everything followed from that. Why? Because it was, it was all a pretense to get Donald Trump. They didn't think he'd win. It was meant first to deflect from Hillary Clinton, and then when he won, it was meant to, de to destroy and discredit his presidency. So when you expect the people who were promoting that lie for four years to now stand up and say, oh, we were wrong, Manafort didn't do those things, it's never going to happen. Paul, That's why I wrote the book. Uh, Paul Manafort, the book is called Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, but Not Silenced. Uh, I've always been a fan of Donald Trump. Uh, I, I knew of Trump for a long time. I grew up in, in Palm Beach County, Florida, so we even knew about him more there. Um, when he decided to run as the apprentice host, as the guy that we knew was a billionaire because of his building and, and, and developing, um, we saw him as a TV star. America generally did. Didn't take him seriously. Paul, I can't figure out for the life of me why they did so many underhanded, dastardly, illegal things to stop him from winning. And as you said, he still won. But I mean, early on, very few people took him seriously. When you were on the campaign with him early on, um, very few people thought he had a chance. He wasn't the nominee yet even. So why do you well, think they targeted him so directly? Did they know something I didn't know? Yeah, they did, actually. <laughs> Go ahead. They were on the, you're sitting on the East Coast. Right. You get into the heartland of America, and they saw Donald Trump as somebody who I was speaking 
a language that they understood. Trump had identified, and the reason he ran was because he said he wanted to drain the swamp. Washington, the establishment, which he included Republicans in, was not being truthful with the American people. They were promising things in elections and then going back and only feathering their own nest and forgetting their promises. The American people were frustrated by this. Trump spoke the language. They heard him. And and he had credibility. And in fact, in my book, I tell a story about how I knew early on that Trump was resonating in the country. My family in Connecticut is a blue-collar family. They have they're a family business. It's done very well now, uh, but it's a working it's a working class town, and it, and you know they associate in the in the industry in blue collar industries. They were calling me, and they never had in my forty years of politics asking me about Donald Trump, telling me that, that Donald Trump is really we like what we're hearing. What's he like? I mean, so he resonating from very from the very beginning, and and the more the media went after him, the more. The people started listening, and the more they listened, the more they liked, and it grew. And, uh, and but, but, and it's interesting the way you you asked me that question. When Trump won, they still didn't, they had no idea why, and they still don't have any idea why. They don't understand Donald Trump at all, as evidenced by last week's uh, raid on his home in in Mar-a-Lago. That was a blatant attempt to try and intimidate Donald Trump not to run for president. If there was any doubt in Donald Trump's mind before last Monday, I think it's been removed. No, I'm with you, and I think that they not only bolstered his decision, they also moved a lot of people who were center-right, center-left, who weren't sure about Trump, to say, I don't want a government that does this, so now I'm going to support the guy if he runs. It's Paul Manafort. He's got a book. It's called Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silence. And again, those of you watching the Skype, uh, video is choppy. The audio is perfect. And Paul, I appreciate you, uh, you filling me in. Now, now you, of course, have the, the experience of being somebody who ran campaigns and helped people get elected before. So you saw the writing on the wall and you saw what he was doing, obviously. But wasn't Hillary Clinton the heir apparent? Wasn't she the darling? Wasn't she running the DNC? I mean, one would think just standing 30,000 feet up, and again, you know more than I do, but 30,000 feet up that she would she would win this in a walk. Was he confident from day one that he could beat her? Yeah, he was. He actually was. And, and in fact, if you in, in sort of deconstructing your comments about Hillary Clinton, yeah. Clinton almost lost that nomination. Uh, and she almost lost it to Bernie Sanders. Well, she really kind of uh, did to Bernie, but then they stole it from him. You're right. They stole they stole that stolen nomination. And and when you looked at what Bernie Sanders' message was, you know, there was the left wing socialist part of it, but there was the populist, uh, you know, you know anti Washington part of it as well. Donald Trump got a big chunk of Bernie Sanders' votes in the general election uh, because they were not Democrats; they were Americans who were frustrated by Washington. Yeah. Uh, and so. Clinton thought she was the heir apparent. She still thinks she won the election, in her mind. Uh, you know, she does, and she still says that she's like Stacey Abrams. She's uh, and they can say that we can't say that 2020 was stolen because then we're starting a, an insurrection. Well, in fact, in my book, I talk about that, Joe, because if you think about it, they, they say January 6 was the biggest threat to democracy because Trump didn't recognize the election. In fact, they still haven't recognized Trump's election and used that the claim to try and destroy his presidency, making impeachment a everyday tool of the uh, House of major- Majority in the House of Representatives, right. not caring at all about the impact on, on the, the image of the United States and the world. So, you know, it's the, the, again, the hypocrisy is, is, is overwhelming. And again, in the book, that's why I felt I had to write it, because I needed to talk about not just the deep state, and not just about the two-tiered system of justice, but it was important that people understood that what the, the system did to me, what they were doing to Roger Stone, 
uh, to Peter Navarro a couple of weeks ago, to, to President Trump himself last week. They're next. The people are, are if, they, if they don't capitulate to the demands, if you will, uh, of this woke left that's governing the Democratic Party, the, the American people are next. And you see that with 87,000 new IRS agents. Crazy. You see that with, with parents at school board meetings being called domestic terrorists by the Department of Justice and on and on and on. So it's not just something that goes towards people who are Trump supporters. It's going towards anybody who doesn't capitulate to the woke left. And, uh, and, and that's why it has to be stopped. I believe, I honestly believe that the American people get it in my book. I, I read to explain how and they, why they get it and why I think what they get is going to impact this November's elections. And, and I think we're going to have a major victory as far as the Republicans are concerned. And then it's going to be incumbent on Republicans to do something with that victory. Well, I think they in the House, do- I think in the House, Paul, they will. In the Senate, I, I don't trust Mitch McConnell. Uh, and and if they if they should get the Senate back, I think they're going to be establishment weaklings. And we can talk about that a little bit more in a second. Author, political prisoner, persecuted, prosecuted, but not silenced. I'm so glad that we're hearing from Paul Manafort because again, if you look Paul Manafort up, you can't get the truth. What you're going to get is some leftist spin, and not only not only left, and not only Democrats, not only progressive liberals, also establishment Republicans. As a campaign guy. When you see Liz Cheney lose by 37 points in Wyoming, where she won with 74% of the vote last time um, because Trump backed Hegeman, and then you see her compare herself to Abraham Lincoln, what goes through your mind as somebody who's been doing this a long time? It's somebody it's time for her to retire from politics. <laughs> no, I would think so, but I mean, that that's delusional, isn't it? it? It is delusional, and that's the point. That's why she shouldn't be involved in politics, or at least not in Republican politics. I mean, she was a... A, a lapdog for Nancy Pelosi for the last six months. Yes, uh, and and how somebody could do that and not see how she's being used, I don't understand. But then how she thinks she should be rewarded to be nomination by by the party she's damaged, you know, it's it's beyond comprehensive. It is. She she's moved, I guess, seven million dollars to some new political action committee or something that uh, she's thinking about running for president seriously in 2024. There's a level of disconnect that I can't even figure. But but Paul, tell me this: How does somebody go into office with seven million dollars and leave with forty four million? How do, are we overpaying Congress? What, what what did I miss? Well, it's not unique to her. I mean, there are a lot of people who've made a lot of money, starting with the Speaker of the House. Uh, uh, the special knowledge of legislation and what's going to happen and things like that. Uh, but they never get called for it. That's part of what Trump was campaigning against in 2016. And the reason that kind of message resonated is people understood Trump wasn't running because he wanted to get something out of government. Yeah. He was running to do something with the government. And and that's why I think uh, you know he's, go- he's going to be a very popular candidate if he cho- chooses to run again in 2024. Get this book, go to Amazon, go to where you get fine books. It's Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced. It's Paul Manafort. When we talk about Mar-a-Lago and that raid, and I was just there in May to see 2,000 Mules, and I've interviewed the president 11 times. I mean, I like the guy a lot. I've actually gone to the White House to interview him. He's a really good guy when you're just talking guy to guy to, guy to him. On a campaign trail, is a different thing when he's doing rallies and so forth. But this is a beautiful estate. He's had it forever. This is their personal home. His kids grew up there. Uh, the idea that the FBI... Without subpoena, I mean, they didn't, it's not like they subpoenaed the stuff and Trump said, screw you, I'm not going to give it to you. They just avoided that part, put together an affidavit, make up some probable cause, and get a magistrate who is a Hillary Clinton supporter to sign off on it, and then just go into a former president's house knowing he is the political opponent of the current president. Paul, what the, are we living in Venezuela? When that happened, I thought it was a joke. I thought, I thought it was satire. 
it's uh, unfortunately it's not i mean and 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 that's the risk that the, this woke administration presents to the country because they are willing to do something that hasn't been done in the entire history of our country that cuts at the core of what our democracy is all about yeah. and to show you the hypocrisy of joe biden you know and i was involved in ukraine as as you may know and you know and one of the things that the president of ukraine did other than getting ukraine into europe uh was he went after his uh, his political opponent who was he was indicted and convicted of doing a deal with uh, the with the Putin that was not good for the country of Ukraine and that her own president that was elected with her had told her not to do well, Biden who was the representative of the Obama administration in, at that time in Ukraine went over to Ukraine and told Yanukovych publicly that the tin horn democracies go after their their political opponents, not real democracies. If you want us to take you seriously, you can't do this kind of thing. Well, I guess he thinks we're a tin horn democracy now. Exactly right. He made the, the perfect comparison to what he's doing now. Paul, I could talk to you for two hours. Uh, do me a favor. Come back on soon. I want to get in-depth on Ukraine and why we give such a crap about that country. Uh, it, it just seems to be the center of the universe right now, but we're frankly out of time. Go and get this book, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, Not Silenced. It's Paul Manafort. Will you come back? I absolutely will, Joe. Thank you very much. All right, brother. I appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Really great to have Paul Manafort on. We, we hit a lot of bases, plenty more to uncover. I got to know why Ukraine is such an important piece of of global, you know, uh, importance now. I don't, I don't know what the story is. It doesn't make any sense, and uh, he'll get into that in earnest next time. We'll have him back on in two or three weeks. He's got that book. Make sure you go and grab it. Much more of the Joe Pag Show to come. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pag Show.